All right, we're back at the after party of the Cocktail Cowgirl podcast with Sam Tesnick. And Sam, we've just made a cocktail. What have we made? Well, we've made a gin and tonic, which is a good midweek go-to, I reckon. Yeah, it is. It is. What's today? Thursday? Well, it is a long weekend this weekend. So we technically... Do we have those? No, not in the horse world. But I'd like to talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) I have a real job now, so I actually do get... I actually do get... uh, Two gin and tonics for you. I know. Look, yeah, except I have to drive. Um, What's in this gin and tonic? What what, uh, variety of gin have we chosen today? Well, I did. was very rude and made you buy a Hendrix, which is one of my favourites. And as a result, we've put cucumber in line with it because Hendrix has like quite a strong cucumber botanicals mm-hmm. so that's what you're supposed to have with it and we had delicious fever tree tonic water that's low calorie look at this guy because we're old <laughs> yeah once it's 30 it's all downhill <laughs> um is this your favorite cocktail or are you you've got like actually probably the coolest cocktail bar i've ever seen in my life and i'm gonna put some photos up of it <laughs> i'll dust it. it no it's unreal you've got everything over there and all of the glasses and the garnishes what what else do you i did um up? i did have a bit of trouble when you asked me about my favorite because i have some definite go-to so we were supposed to make a gin south side but i didn't have enough limes because you need a lot of lime juice um, so that's probably my favourite. Yep. And then um, love a gin and tonic. I don't even think of it as a cocktail. I'm not going to lie. Just a regular it's drink. Just a drink, <laughs> yeah. But um, it is a cocktail, technically. And um, I also love an Aperol and an espresso martini. I've been on the Aperols lately, I must oh. say, in those warmer days. It's delish. It's very good. Especially if you're like a bit, this is terrible, if you're like a little bit hungry and you're waiting for your dinner. Because mm, mm-hmm. I feel like they're just packed full of sugar. Yeah, they put you know. a bit of fruit in egg yeah. and chum on an orange. <laughs> and a Pim's. Love a Pim's. Yeah, yeah. What else? Um... And the other one we're really into, I'm trying to see what's there. We're both big champagne drinkers, but um, is the Christmas gin or like a dark gin? It's like a Christmas gin. They do them, had me at Four Pillars. Yeah. And you drink it with dry, yeah, right. dry ginger and lime. Is it like a bit of like a spiced fruit yeah, kind of flavor? Yeah, it is. It's a bit, yeah, spiced. It's really nice. Mm, there yeah, you go. So recommend that. that. Oh, right. I'll have to have a look at mm. that one. Um, so we you like to do a Christmas g- edition. I'll do a Christmas edition. How we'll good. do a Christmas we'll cocktail. Have a Christmas we'll, we'll have a roundtable Christmas dinner with all my guests and <laughs> yes, shoot cool. the shit. That would Love be cool. Um, we like to come back after we've had a bit of a drink. Um, you know, I started this podcast because I wanted to talk to real people about real things and uh i one of the questions that we ask at the end of the show is about um adversity in your life and how you've how it's affected you or how you've overcome it and um what you know what advice you've got for people maybe going through similar things so is there something in your life that you'd be happy to share with us about Mm. like an adverse situation that has affected you and how you've overcome that so i mentioned briefly earlier that my dad was diagnosed with a terminal illness while i was at marcus and he died when i was 21 um and that was pretty rubbish and it made me have to address a lot of reasons why i do things in my life goals and you know it forced me to develop some solid emotional intelligence very young and i'm actually really grateful for that because it's enabled me to have skills that i now look at people who are you know when you talk about that typical midlife crisis the skills that you develop if you deal with a midlife crisis properly are what I developed then yeah. and so I think that really put me on the front foot which is great so not great to lose my father but at the same time like it makes you grow up really it did it made yeah. me grow up really quickly and it made me probably really value that every day is a bit precious yeah. like you know you just never know when your numbers up and you can't live waiting mm-hmm. and I think he made a lot of decisions in his life that he put off you know, he went to medical school instead of continuing to ski. And I think he was always a bit resentful that I didn't make that same grown-up decision. <laughs> um, 
so you know I um I think that like I'm really fortunate in a lot of ways to have gone through that and it's taught me a lot about myself yeah and a lot about people and I think the other thing that for me I've had an ongoing problem with um anxiety and depression in my life and when I look back on it I thought that that came about when my dad got sick but actually I was a very anxious person at school yeah and I think these days that would have been picked up a lot quicker but what I do think about that is like we've had a we've had a lot we have a lot of working students through and we deal with a lot of young people and the mentality these days seems to be that if you're depressed and anxious or you're not coping to put less pressure on yourself and do less Mm -hmm. and for me that's not a solution like if I didn't keep going and push through I I would be more anxious and depressed if I let myself sit around and feel like that Mm. I would feel more and more and more like that and actually um self-discipline creates motivation and motivation creates outcomes and outcomes create happiness. So for me, being self-disciplined and learning early through horses to have self-discipline that you have to get up and look after them and feed them and work them and do all the things that they require you to do mm. has taught me to have self-discipline and that has then fed into positive mental health. And I think that's a really big thing that we're missing. I feel we miss with a lot of young people today. It, you can't just avoid doing the things that are hard you have to lean into that discomfort um we just had a bit of a chat about being brave people think we're brave going to europe to me brave is like running into a burning building swimming with sharks like put yourself on the line i am not brave for anyone who's a harry potter fan I'm not in Gryffindor. <laughs> not, Which one I'm were you? Hufflepuff. Not brave. I reckon I'm. <laughs> no. I reckon I'm brave. Raven Nice right. safe house. Uh, yeah, I'm not brave. But um, I don't think that risking money is brave. I, I don't think for me they're not like they're not the same thing. Now I don't have kids, and so obviously I don't have anyone I have to support. So yeah. that, that's a di- very different Other factor. Than, yeah, yeah, yeah of your life. But, <laughs> and I've got to feed my horse. Like yeah. the thing is, I've always had the horses, so yeah. you know, I've always had to look it. after them. And, and there's so much responsibility. And I think, I think for me, those are, that's that's how adversity looks for me. And I know that we've had some students come through over the years who we've pushed them very hard when they've gone, oh, I'm not struggling, and I'm. I'm not coping and I'm finding this really hard and I can't keep going. And we're like, well, you know, if you decide that halfway through a dressage test, that's it. You're out. You're done. Mm. Go home. Pack up your bag. Like, the, no one in the real world, no one cares that you didn't cope. Mm-hmm. You just get left behind. So mm-hmm. you have to find a way to go through that. And, it, and just because you feel the way you feel doesn't mean that you can't keep going or you can't take other inroads and other steps or find a way yeah and yeah your way might be different or you might need certain things or you need you need to develop strategies to help yourself there i'm not saying that it's easy or that you should just do it because that's short-sighted that's not the case but you need to learn about yourself and learn what motivates you and learn what drives you and we all get scared riding we all lose motivation about riding that happens even to us now mm-hmm. And it's about knowing what you need when you're losing that motivation to get back on get back on the horse, if you will, and, yep. and keep going and put another foot in front of the other. And if you just keep going, eventually it comes through. And I think for me, that's that's my adversity piece, if you will. No, that's unreal. That's a really good piece of advice. And I think um, and yeah. have a gin and tonic and and have a delicious <laughs> gin and tonic, a Hendrix gin and tonic. I, I, I have nothing else to add to that because that was just such a, <laughs> you know, such a cool... Um, but you've worked with a lot of young people. Oh, definitely. Too. And that's how you develop resilience. It, it is. And what you said there about 
you know, when it does get hard, not giving up and finding a purpose and keep going. And, and I can relate that back to, to riding and training your horse mm. because you get to that point in training and, mm. you know, a young horse, especially you might hit a point and he goes, this is hard. I don't want to do it. If you quit and you don't help him work through that, that sticky spot, mm. whether it's a young person or a young horse and say, yeah, well, it is hard. Like, sorry, you're going to not, not suck it up and keep going, but mm. like, all right, we're going to have to find a way mm. that you're going to have to become okay with this. Mm. And, and we're not going to force it, but you need to keep putting one foot in front of the other to, to progress to that point where you will be okay on the other side of it. And like it, you're training a horse, training a young kid. And then kid, you develop, that's how confidence develops. And then in those hard situations, because they've become comfortable with it, it, it no longer becomes hard. And mm. I think if more people, you know, if they're listening to this and, and they are struggling with something and, you know, we're in the horse game, so that's probably more mm. what we're pertaining to, but don't be, don't pull yourself out of the game and, and don't throw the towel in if it gets hard. Like, you know, make sure you're around people that are going to support mm. you in a positive way because we all know, you know, we've all been there with an mm. employer that's, you know, or a relationship or whatever it is that's been hard and uncomfortable that we didn't really, we really needed to remove ourselves from. But, mm. you know, if you're in, in a situation where you know that people actually care about you and they want you to do well, you know, have a bit of faith and just mm. keep putting one foot in front of the other and know that you'll get there at the end. And, mm. and it's a long game. It's mm. really a long game. So And find the things. You know, like mm. for me, we clean every bridle every day in this barn and most people think that's pretty unusual. And I think you took a photo of the tap room earlier, so you can put that up, right? Okay. And I try and teach the girls, right? So in Germany, we had 150 horses in work and every bridle got cleaned every day. It's 150 bridles a day. Mm. It's mind-blowing. They complain when there's 20. And they don't (laughs) complain, actually, to give them their twos. They're very good. But for me, cleaning bridles, I hated doing it. And now it's a mindful activity. And I enjoy cleaning bridles and I enjoy cleaning gear. And you have to learn to enjoy the self-discipline of those things and take the reward when I look at them all on the wall and they look clean and lovely and every day I put a clean bit in my horse's mouth and to me that's important and you've got you've made it to a point where you've got 20 horses in work to have 20 bridles well there is that too yeah I've never thought about that thanks (laughs) so you know like what I'm getting at is yeah things are hard you have to learn to make the hard things a win and a positive and Mm. lean into that discomfort and that's how you get better yeah and the same when I'm in a lesson I used to get in a lesson and when I didn't understand or it got hard, I'd get really upset. And now it's so rare that that happens to me. And when I'm in a lesson and I start getting confused or upset or I'm not really – well, no, when I start getting like, I really don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here and I don't really understand. And now I get really excited. I'm like, oh, I'm going to learn something. Yes. Because that. it just doesn't happen that. very often, I right? I love Where that. Where that used to be my experience all the time. Like mm. I'd, it was just hard all the time. And now it's so rarely hard that when it is hard, I'm excited that it's hard. Because you know something good's going to happen. Because I know something good's going to happen. You know, like, such a good I'm going to learn it. something. I'm like, yes, I'm going to learn something. Or I'm going to fall off. So I think you've just got to learn to lean into that discomfort and, yeah. and, and that's how you develop resilience and then adversity is easier. That's awesome. Sorry, Thank you me. tried to sum up. No, no, that's unreal. No, man, I'm, I love it. I'm all about it. Oh, you keep going. But I think we'll, um, yeah, I, I really, really appreciate you coming back here and just spending the time with me today. And I wish you guys all the luck in Europe and hopefully I get to see you before Come you go. I will. We'll have a massive going away party here that I will invite myself to. Perfect. I love um, But, yeah, thanks so much, Sam. This has been fantastic. Awesome. Thanks, Steph. Okay. Bye. bye.